Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 31 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I'm joined by Angel Pui, Creative Director to Diamond Handbag Club. Um, And today we're going to be talking about onboarding women and Gen Z to the new digital Web3 luxury world. A little bit differently today, we also have Emily Schmidt with us, um, who is also a part of the Venley team. She is very excited about our guests and the company and is uh, also asking some questions. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you both for joining me. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Um, Great. So then, Angel, if we can start out with your background, um, however far back you want to start in your life, and then kind of lead us up to where we are now. Yeah. So... I was a tech founder, um, but before that, I actually studied fashion design. So, yeah, that was my background. I studied fashion design in London. I couldn't finish or paying off my student loan, so I came back to Vancouver. From there, I started sewing wedding dresses. That was the only whole couture I could find in Vancouver. Uh, and from there, I met a lot of brides creating their custom gown and actually created my first startup related to wedding planning. And from then it was three different startups of two-sided marketplaces where I would connect brides with vendor like an Airbnb, patients with clinical trials, and then luxury handbag collect collectors from around the world. And last year I got into Web3 and NFTs. Okay. So in the blockchain nft space relatively new yeah it's been about a year for me mm-hmm. okay i mean that is that is a long time in the in the space if we're gonna be honest though <laughs> it feels a long time it feels like a long time yeah <laughs> awesome so um can you just start out maybe by giving us a boilerplate of diamond handbags Ooh, um, we are still figuring that out, actually, um, but I can test out this current version. So we are, it, it's, it's, it's better as a story, but uh, basically... Okay, then give, yeah. us this, give us a short story here. Sure, yeah. So last year when I, when, my, when I met my co-founder, Tiffany Black, she was from Pinterest and we, and I'm still figuring out what my career should be. I was, I was having my midlife crisis. What should I do with my life? I'm getting, I'm, I'm no longer challenged when I'm working on a web two project. And she really encouraged me to get into web three and NFT and said it would be perfect for me. You know, it's both creative and analytical and really challenging because you're dealing with a lot of new networks and blockchain and there's so much more technical constraint when it comes to building on Web3. So with her <clears throat> persuasive career guidance, I dived right into Web3 and I called Mac LaFell, who was your guest last episode, and said, hey, you are the OG of everything. You, I, I've known him <laughs> for many years, so I saw him, you know, 
basically creating this idea from scratch. And so I said, when it comes to NFT, you're the guy to talk to. So I connected with him, talked about it. And he said, you need to join us. And so I, you know, became a product person with him on Big Head Club. But in addition to that, I noticed that there was not a lot of representation for women, not only as a staff member, as talent, but also things to buy. You know, I was browsing online trying to buy NFT that would resonate with me as my tuition. You know, everybody advised me, if you want to learn NFT and Web3, it's about diving in. It's about researching, going into the Discord and understanding the NFT that you're buying. So from there, I was just trying to buy something. And I all I saw were these animals and I just wasn't resonating with it. And when I could join the Discord, I also wasn't resonating to the com- communities that, that would be there chatting. So that's when Tiffany and I talked about it and said, what would we want, you know, as as Web2 tech women coming into the space learning? So <clears throat> we thought, and, and at that point, I was running banisland.com, which was the two-sided marketplace for people to talk and trade and um, buy their luxury handbags. So we thought, what if it was a digital collection, a digital brand for these luxury handbags where <clears throat> women like us no longer have to fly to Paris to try to get the Birkin or Chanel and we can just trade digitally and there's no issues about counterfeit bags, right? So that was, it was coming from a problem problem solving situation where we were feeling the pains when we were trading handbags. What if it was digitalized? What if there wasn't any more material ways? There were no actual leather use anymore and we could still have the fun and joy of hunting and trading without all of those shipping waste. So it came from that and that was um, what guided us to start Diamond Handbag was a digital first luxury collectible brand for the next generation. Oh, there, the line came out. (laughs) (laughs) There, cool. Glad we could uh, help you out with that. (laughs) But no, that's perfect. Thank you. That's really cool. Yeah, and um, I was reading through your blog on your site, and um, I noticed that you're a mom to two young kids, so am I. Um, And I see that they helped you design some of your handbags, and they came up with some interesting stuff. Did you end up actually using any of those designs? Yes. So we were (laughs) thinking, yeah, we were thinking about the luxury bags and how to translate luxury for the next generation, which is, which is difficult because next generation is thinking about something entirely different. They're not about logos. They're not about, you know, something, they're, they're about something else differently. So we thought, how do we translate luxury? And then as we were, and as I was sketching, pulling out my sketchbook after many years of not using it, and drawing all these bags, my two little girls came and joined me and they started sketching as well. And the eldest one did the dragon. Um, you know, she's all about animals right now. And then the youngest one was drawing, you know, silly things. And she's always silly and sassy. So she was drawing bananas, cherries, all these <laughs> fruits. And and then she just kept telling. At first, I thought banana and luxury do not mix. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not even an expensive fruit. And at first, I was like, no, we can't do that. You know, there's banana. And then she and then she said, why not? Banana is the perfect handle, right? And she was holding it up like the banana phone. And then I thought, 
you're right. Why not? You know? Why <laughs> yeah. not, mommy? Um, it's a digital bag. There is no more l- physical limitation. We That is what we're about. That was the mission, that we no longer have to worry about shipping a bag and whether it fit things, whether it even hold up anything. Like Physics is irrelevant in this case. So I thought, you're right. You're right. The imagination holds. <laughs> Banana stays and banana handle actually ended up in our collection. And now it's probably, it's actually one of the more popular iconic design because it fits the apes really well. And I did not, (laughs) no credits to me, did not come up with that one. So cool. Is that kind of how you're planning on getting people excited about collecting something that's purely virtual, kind of making it a more interesting experience that you couldn't get with a physical handbag? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of my friends are not in Web3 yet, and they would ask me at birthday parties, I saw you're in NFT and Web3 now. It's not an actual bag, right? That's almost the first question. And they would say, why do I want this thing that I keep hearing mm-hmm. about this NFT? It's a JPEG. It's a, what file format is it, right? And so in addition to not, I guess it's not in addition, but to counter your functionality of having a handbag in real life, this digital handbag is a collectible. It's a it's a piece of art that you could put on the wall. It's um, you know, it 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 does it does not hold stuff. So my friends would all say, then why do I want this JPEG for a handbag? Other than a piece of beautiful art, of course. And then that's when the creative imagination come. And that's usually where I explain the decentralization of Web3 and then totally lose them at the party. And then I would dial it back <laughs> going, okay, that's not working. Maybe it's about creativity again. So what if it was a dragon that breathes fire and truly show how moody you are today? What if it was a banana that peels itself and ripen? Um, Because now it could be dynamic and much more interesting as a way to express yourself. And then that Mm -hmm. started to land and people understood that and go, of course, if it's not a handbag, it could move, it could dance, it could have a song behind it. I get it now. So we noticed people started to get the dynamic expression as a digital thing. Cool. Yeah. And I know that um, initially the Diamond Handbag Club allowed people to create and design their own. Um, So can you talk a little bit more about this and why you've chosen now to kind of go in a different direction? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was quite a journey. Um, We started off, like I said, with Tiffany thinking about how to bring what we love as a web two tech person in here. We truly create created a drop that would that is what we wanted. So when we walked in, we thought, okay, so it's not quite an animal PFP profile pack. It's a it's a object of desire. Um, then it was the fact that it was really stressful trying to grind out this allow list, trying to get this NFT only to get that one that we didn't want, right? So I thought as a, we were both product people from Web2, we thought, oh, that's insane. You know, we talk about user journey, talk about, you know, a crappy onboarding. So we thought, what if you can actually customize this, right? And one of Tiffany's best friend, Christine, who also joined us on the Diamond Handbag team, 
She currently deals with the VIP program at Breitling. Um, and she was, you know, ex-Cartier and IWC. So she really knew the VIP customers for a luxury watch industry. And she was telling us it's all about customization because it's really tough for a watch company to create a different face or dial um, for even a $100,000 watch, right? Because it changes everything when it comes to, comes to manufacturing. So when it comes to a physical good, it's with, it's a, with a lot of constraint to offer customization. So oh, it's impossible. And every VIP customer walks in wanting their rose gold uh, with a purple dial, and it's impossible. Um, so we <laughs> thought again, as a... <laughs> product person hmm what if we could offer something a physical luxury watch couldn't offer you can actually customize your handbag you can actually customize your watch right um and so for a while that's what we thought was the value prop and we did gain um small following people did come wanting to customize their own handbag but i noticed that it wasn't growing super quickly you know, I would be amongst many other NFT drop on a Twitter space uh, or podcast and notice that a lot of people would gravitate toward other PFP drop rather than the customize your luxury bag. So I'm and, and I worked on a lot of product market fit when it comes to work, too. So then I noticed, hang on, we don't have product market fit. People are not coming to us. You know, when it came to 100 guests that came into the Twitter space, they would all go toward other drops. So after that happening multiple times, I would stop them in their track at the end of a Twitter space. I would say, hey, what do you truly think about our drop? And at first people were super polite. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we like it. You know, this is cool. Good for you. Tell, tell <laughs> us when you're minting, right? So the typical feedback but then of course they're still not following us on twitter or discord and of course they never joined our allow list so you could just tell they're not converting so finally one time i sat down and have dinner with my friends richard and kenshi here in vancouver and they're quite prominent in the nft space and i said you can tell me the truth you know this is what i'm feeling what's happening and then they like good true startup friends they told me, they said, well, the more you you have created more value for your user, you know, people are able to come in and create what they want. But what you've done is decrease value for the project, because now, essentially, most of the user are able to get what they want. So you've basically changed the dynamic of supply and demand, right? Now you're going to lose a lot of secondary pressure because there's not a lot of people yearning for something else that they didn't get. So then, as of course, this talk was much longer than I summarized, but that's when I realized, oh, dang, like I was way too focused on <laughs> delivering value for the user and he said it quite well, um, and I'm probably butchering it here. Right. We are losing that secondary pressure and therefore, hmm. So then we started to have to pivot. Um, and that was about, that was in April when we thought, all right, we are not building a Web2 product here. We can't use the same technique that we've done in Web2 and just solve problems for user. We have to think about the whole project and its dynamic holistically, because in Web3, 
a lot of people are flipping, investing, speculating, and we need to have components for that too. So that's when we started to remove the customization aspect. We also upgraded the art um, to truly be a collectible art. Um, and we also brought in these dynamic video like component for the dragon to breathe fire, for the dragon to have a bubble gum that it pops out. Um, so yeah, we went through quite the pivot last month. That's really cool. How do you think the kind of utility and functionality works with the luxury aspect mm. of your product? Yeah. Another tough questions we've had in many <laughs> meetings and yeah, we were, it's a tough one. It's another tough line to, to, to blend, you know, when it comes to luxury, it's all about scarcity. You know, it's just something you have no access to or very little access to. And, but then you're offering utility and access, right? So um, what I've noticed is just do things with balance. So we are still offering that scarcity, right? Everything is very luxurious in the sense of it being very exclusive, um, you are still waiting in a waiting room, getting your chance to get this bag. And you may get these bags, but you probably wouldn't. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, that will that is the that is the part that we had to keep to keep it luxurious and keep it desirable. And then the other part that we did put in, though, is that, um, you know, you can open your bag. You can see when you own the bag what luxury experiences and gifts that you get from a brand. Um, so we have lots of great partnerships coming out that are providing these luxury experiences inside the bag for our holders. Um, also, we like we said, a lot of my friends were talking about, how can I use the bag? So apparently using is still a crossover that we have to keep. So that's when we started to look into Spark AR um, for a filter where you can actually take it to IG and TikTok and Snap. And you can actually have it in front of your reel and story and TikTok video and use it on the social media. Oh, that's really cool. No, I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that definitely plays in, especially with handbags, because part of it is showing it off, right? Like mm -hmm. you want to show what you've got. So. Yeah, those were the two main things when we asked all the ladies that are currently collecting handbag. Two biggest main thing that you want to keep and translate when we, you know, move everything digital. And they said, I want to use it, right? I, I don't want to just have it as, you know, inside my trophy sh shelf, my, my case, I also want to look what's inside and, you know, get some goodies, get some access to these fashionable, luxurious experience because more than likely the reason why you collect our bag is because you love fashion. You, you, you want to form your, your collection. So, yeah. So those cool. were the two things we kept. Cool. And speaking of fashion, um, are you planning to move forward with maybe other fashion luxury items? Do you have any other long-term vision like shoes or jewelry or scarves, watches? I know you mentioned as well. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, we started out, you know, wanting to tackle handbags because that's what Tiffany and I really love, and that's how we met. However, when it comes to luxury, you know, when when it comes to our manifesto of you know having this digital expression of self, we do believe that it's also everything else that you can express yourself with. You know, it could even be a helmet. It could be a watch. It could be anything now that a next generation want to use to self-express. Hmm. Cool. And now, can you actually explain what a diamond hand is? Yeah. So it's a slang that I kept hearing when I started getting into this Web three space, and it described an investor that isn't um, the opposite of paper hand. And they don't let go or sell based on panic. They hold long and during any crypto crash that we, may be, we might be experiencing, they are still holding and they still believe. And we really believe that. We, we, we are diamond hands ourselves. I haven't sold a single NFT. I kept everything I bought. And it's, 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 the, it's the passion of collecting. Mm, cool. And I assume that fits in with how you named the yes, yeah. project as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. I would assume so. <laughs> I just yeah, yeah. To check. yeah, that was actually a name that Tiffany came up with. And, you know, we're both diamond hands ourselves. Like I said, we, you know, hold and, and invest into, you know, bags and NFT and all of these things. And when we were coming up with this community or woman that we would like to onboard and, and bring to the metaverse, we thought, yeah, that would be the crew. So that's yeah. when we thought that would be an appropriate name to name our handbag. And then, of course, a little punniness between handbag <laughs> and diamond hand. Yeah. So we thought it, it works perfectly. perfectly. <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Obviously, you touched on this a little bit already with kind of the journey of how you chose handbags, but what was it really like starting up this project in in a space that's typically dominated by men? Yeah, I mean, luckily, I've had that experience building in Web2, you know, 15 years ago, I was also the only female on stage pitching to VC. So that hasn't been new and I'm used to it. Um, I, it, it, yeah, it has never, and, and when I was in high school, I was a really nerdy, you know, computer science club and, and, and all of that. So I'm used to being in a room full of boys or guys or men. Um, but it definitely showed up again when we arrived to Web3. And yeah, once again, the rooms are full of men. And when I go to conferences is generally all, luckily it's all men's lineup for bathroom now. And, and we just walk right in. Uh, so, yeah, that would be the first benefit. Uh, but yeah. It, it, it has never faced me. I, I've, I've never used it as my advantage. I've never just, I've just never had it affect me. I just thought, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, you're, you're building, you're creating, you're, yeah. But we did want to focus on the fact that most women are intimidated and aren't here yet. And most women have not tried out Web3 or, or even have collected their first NFT. So that's what we're focusing on marketing wise or, or market opportunity wise. You know, we see that a lot of women, why not? Like, why wouldn't we be into this as well? You know, there, there lies an opportunity, right? Um, 
is about making them comfortable. It's about making, sorry, I should say us. <laughs> it's about making us comfortable and just being able to bring them in as well. Cool. Yeah. And, um, and we talked a little bit about this before, but yeah, your NFTs, they really create a crossover between the worlds of tech and fashion and art. Um, do you see this crossover as being a way to involve more people or more women and younger generations into the space? Yeah, I see my two daughters when I travel back to Asia every person you know inside the mtr is looking at their phone playing a game right i just see this digital age this digital space not going anywhere right my kids probably spend more time in their roblox and minecraft world then, well, we try to balance it. We're like, no, 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 screen time's <laughs> over. It's time to, it's time to go to the playground. But, um, but that, that, that world is ticking over, right? Um, if we didn't stop her, she'd be still on the iPad for another two hours. Um, and when we were living in COVID times in the last two years, I probably spent more time on IG and Twitter than actually seeing my friends. So staying on the internet or being in the quote unquote metaverse, it's here to stay. So why wouldn't we get comfortable with how we express ourselves, who, what outfit our avatar is wearing? Um, why wouldn't we be starting to collect these things that other men are talking about that they're collecting in NFT? So yeah, I, I truly think it's about education it's about putting in the effort to onboard us it's about creating product that women would like it's about making this you know um yeah this infrastructure this community this space for us to love what we're learning and therefore we learn and therefore we get hooked and now feel like we belong to a club with other collectors i think that's our mission in your opinion then would you say that kind of the biggest hurdle at this point is having that thing that you connect to. So like for you, the making the handbags available was really what kind of gets you into it. So that's the big hurdle or is there something else kind of standing in the way? There's probably a multitude of things standing in the way when it comes to a new generation, you know, generational shift almost. But, um, at first, when I had resistance to Web3 and NFT, and I did, Tiffany took months and months to get me on board. She was sending me daily Coinbase update on, you know, how the NFT value were going up, how Bitcoin and other coins were going up. And at that point, I was still collecting and buying and trading my Birkin and Chanel bags. And of course, being, you know, number nerds ourselves she would send me resale value and i would send her resale value when it comes to our handbags and she would be like look you only made 18 percent profit margin here look at this nft we're at 300 percent, right wow, so all yeah. of a sudden she's winning the argument with um asymmetric risk how when it came to web3 and nft it was all about it was just much greater return for the effort that i was putting in um which was a very good friend to always look out for how much time you're spending on something and how much value you're creating for yourself. So I am thankful for her persistent, um, but I just didn't find anything that I could 
create that habit with, right? Like everyone said, it's about that 30 days habit. It's about feeling like you belong to something and then having friends around you to talk about a, you know, a mutual topic. So I just, I'm like, how do I get into Web3? Do I just read these white paper? Do I walk into a room? Do I say I've arrived? <laughs> I'm in Web3. Like, so, yeah. so that was what was missing. Like we needed that crew, like I was mentioning. We needed to feel like, Oh, it's about collecting handbag. I already know that and have been doing it for years. Oh, it's about handbag. I love the look of it. I love what I'm buying. I love what I'm trading. So we, our, our hypothesis um, is just if we can tell women that you already know what to do. You're already trading Birkins and Chanel bags for the last five to 10 years. You know floor price. You know flipping. They may be all lingos and terms, but you've actually been doing that for years. And look, you love handbags. Let's get you a digital handbag. Welcome to the club. We have 10,000 other women who love what you love. And why don't we do our first trade? What color would you like your handbag? Oh, you didn't get the black on black dragon. She does. How about you two talking? I think that's onboarding that a woman would love, a woman that loves handbag would love and go, okay, I understand what you're trying to do now. I understand trading. I understand pursuing the perfect handbag for me. And I got the gold one. She got the black one. Let's mix. So I'm. we're wanting to incorporate all these behavior that they already know for years and years to bring them then to the digital world and just kind of blur and minimize the overwhelming parts. Um, that way they, before they know it, they're already trading with new friends going, Oh yeah, this is easy. I understand what to do. This is intuitive. Right. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's really that, that crossover between the physical and the digital. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Um, I have a particular question because, um, you know, I'm a mom, as I mentioned, of two kids as well. So I'm interested in how you think we can get more working parents into the space. I Can the metaverse help onboard more women, more parents, but especially more women into the tech space and give more freedom to parents? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's I... a big question. I know. <laughs> It's it's actually been really tough as a parent of two young kids like you um, getting into NFT because it, this world is nonstop, you know, um, and it's global, right? So when it came to our Web two job, it was wow, it you know we worked at startup and they're never actually nine to five. There still is quite a schedule, right? Maybe it's eight to six with a call or two on the weekends and evenings, but it's very manageable. There is quality time with the kids. When it came to NFTs, at least the way I <laughs> dive right in, it was 23 different Discord channel. They are chatting nonstop, you know, 24 seven. Um, there are people from Asia and India and Europe that would ping you any certain, you know, any time of the day. Uh, and when it came to Twitter, it was nonstop. And you just felt almost compelled to always be on to, you know, there's another mention, there's another DM, and you're constantly answering, answering, answering. And you couldn't fit into your time zone anymore, right? You couldn't say, oh, hey, my day ends at 5.30, my time, which I know you just messaged me. Why don't I take a whole day to reply? So it wasn't my style. I was always quick to respond. So then I ended up just being on the phone all the time. Um, and when we started our own Discord channel, 
it was even worse, right? People expect founders to be there all the time. They want you to be there all the time and you're building and have two kids and it's COVID. It's like, I'm barely, <laughs> I'm barely able to do my job, let alone, you know, also be chatting. So I think as a parent of two kids, it's super difficult. I don't, I don't okay. know how other parents do it. I, I would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. I feel like it would, for me, I mean, I'm not quite as I think involved in it as, as you are, but, um, I kind of like the idea of things being more flexible. Um, and you know, if it's all online, you can work from home, but definitely have to kind of find, you know, not, not blur that line too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think when it came to web th- Two, there was a saying where, you know, 10% of people are creator, 90% people consumes the content. So if you are someone who's consuming the content, buying the NFT as a participant, I do think Web3 and this world of being remote could be quite in, um, convenient. You know, you, you now have global access without having to fly there, right? Um, you now can do a lot more conferences that are online without having to, you know, drop your kids off at grandparents and fly off. Whereas um, we, if you are the 10% of creator, though, that's when you're now, your job is actually much harder. You're now creating content for multiple channels when people seem to be, there's a bit of ADHD, you know, when it comes to Discord, it's highly inefficient. Like you have to post it multiple times for people to see it. Um, it's just not like here, I post one notion, everybody saw it, see you later. When it comes to Discord, it was like post, 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 post. And the questions still come when you just answered it five seconds ago and they still asked it and you're like, refer to the last message, please. Right. So, um, yeah, when it comes to a creator, it's much harder. So kind of along the same line. So whether in a working role as a creator or as a participant, what are some tips that you would specifically give women to help them break into Web3? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a ton of great advice. So um, I'm going to share those as well. And Perfect. Uh, a lot of friends have sent me influencers on Twitter that I should follow. So that was my first step was just to, to get this list of people that create great content. Um, and then I just follow, 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 follow. Um, there were a lot of scams and, you know, fraudulent people. So um, having a great list of reliable influencers were great because you just don't know what you're hearing, whether it's true or not. Right. Um, and that was one of, you know, lots of learnings that I learned in the past was just when it came to web two, the scams were starting to come and, you know, the IG scams. But when it comes to web three, literally every link, you should look at it as a scam. You know, if you don't know that person, any DM you get, see it as a scam. Um, And that was a great feedback I got. Therefore, I always wait for a recommendation when it comes to an NFT drop or an influencer to follow. Just just know that this person is legit because when you're in the beginning, you just don't know. Um, And then from there, for me, especially, I'm a builder. I build to learn. So that's when I joined Mac to learn to build NFT drops with him, advise company on NFTs and hear about all those great advices. And that's how I learn. Um, and then when I really learned, bu- started building my own, um, and that's when you truly learn all the stuff that nobody teaches you, right? Like the, like the 
pivot we had, right? You just start to, they call it the streets of hard knocks when you're, when you're <laughs> doing your own startup, you just go, ah, oh, crap, that was wrong. And we wasted two months and now we know, right? So in a lot of networking, you know, women are really supportive to one another. We know we're the minority in the space, so we stick together. So there are lots of great community and groups to join where people actually help you and say, here, let me connect you to so-and-so. Um, yeah, so those are all great things that I did to learn. Yeah, that's kind of my next question as well was um, if there were any networking tips specifically to women out there who are interested in entering the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I joined all these, you know, WhatsApp and Telegram and LinkedIn group that specifically focused on women um, and Web3 and other metaverses as well. And and I just see when I see a like-minded person, I connect with them, I DM them for a quick chat, I offer value immediately. That was a networking tip that I got even just on the Web2 side was always to offer value, offer value rather than, you know, ask for an intro and then ask for something else. Right. Um, so I brought that same thing here is to just offer value first. And then, you know, if the right time comes or if that's mutually beneficial, you ask for what can help your project as well, um, which worked out great because everyone is in this space trying to get some place, trying to, you know, launch their product or get to know a project that's worth investing. Um, so everybody needs something here, right? So it's easy to offer value in the beginning. And then once you have offered a lot of value and people start to get to know you based on the value you provide, then people start to help you as well. Um, so I also noticed that a lot here. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, moving back into the luxury aspect of this discussion. Um, so obviously your main focus is mostly on like collectibles, specifically through Diamond Handbag. Um, would you say that that exclusivity that you found is important for your project is universally important across NFTs? Is that something more specific to collectible or PFP type NFTs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our advisors, Laura Edwards, um, she actually took the Supreme Playbook and launch Yeezys uh, with Adidas. So she, I basically learned my scarcity playbook from her. You know, this is how you introduce a product, right? When it came to Adidas, they were just doing sneakers, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, there are these very hard to get sneakers. And all of a sudden, there's this cultural shift of sneakers are now collectible. Um, so Obviously, I'm simplifying things here. There are much more intricate techniques and strategy involved, but main foundational behavior change is just, it's not available, right? Yesterday, we can all buy sneakers at Foot Locker. Today, there's a lineup and this one sneaker, there is only one. And then all of a sudden, people and their minds change, right? So, um and I would see that same technique from all the luxury handbags as well. Now there are all these price increases. Now there are limits. What I last year I get to buy any Chanel I want. Today there's a 
two bag a year quota on Chanel. So no matter where you are, how important you are, VIP status or not, you can only buy two Chanel classic flap a year. And all of a sudden that changed everything. You know, in my Chanel group on Facebook, everyone's talking about, you know, oh, we must all buy now. We call it panic buying. But basically anytime the the rule change and it's always tightening more and more and more and more, people panic buy. And then all of a sudden, the demand goes up, the supply goes down, and you have this shift. So yeah, you know, we're bringing that same behavior here where the our specifically our luxury collectible NFT is even more scarce than a 10k PFP drop where there's 10,000, right? Um, And we are using that same technique where we're going to look at how many people want this particular bag, how much is the you know supply and demand ratio on this particular collection, and then we adjust accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. So, but to answer your question, even a typical ten thousand PFP drop use the same you know mechanism. Um, there are within the ten thousand drop, there are legendary, there are epic, there are rare, right? So they're introducing rarity inside the ten thousand. So you may not end up wanting all the common one, of course. It's like the Pokemon card that you chuck away when you receive them, but you really want the hologram ones that are epic and legendary and rare, and those are what's going to drive the value of the project up. Right, definitely. Yeah. And then I know we talked a little bit about this before, but um, is your idea of this designer luxury exclusive experience a really great way to get women involved and interested in NFTs? I think so. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're here to explore. We will find yeah, out absolutely. in a few months when we when we come back to this episode and tell you the results. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really believe it. I, I really think that, you know, I, I mean, I've been collecting Chanel bags and Hermes bag for quite a few years now. And we have, you know, 10,000 women in our Ban Island community for real handbag trading. So I've gotten to know our crew um, for multiple years and we just think alike like they are just like me right and if I took a year <laughs> I mean I, I've built you know six or seven nft project now and also working on my own so it's been an eventful year an average person probably will not take a year to get into nft um, but if they think like me this is it this is what they will it may not replace it. Like I still love my physical handbag and you guys can still, still see them behind my, behind me. <laughs> it's not a replacement. It's not a replacement. It's a, it's an, in a, it's, it's a supplement in addition to it. Right. You then trade handbags for your online life, um, on your, on your, in your digital life. Uh, when you're hanging out on IG, when you're hanging out on TikTok, when you're sharing content of your three second TikTok kitchen dance video, now there's a handbag for, to do it with. Um, yeah. So I really think so. Great. To kind of piggyback off that, can I ask maybe how has the reception been? Have you kind of talk to your Facebook ladies um, and seen what they think about your NFT project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So luckily I have them in close contact and I, <laughs> I've been 
A-B testing on them weekly. So I, I, I sent our newest design, the 3D handbags that you see on our website right now. And yeah, they've loved it. They, a lot of them kept saying, oh man, you need to make physical bags of these. So I'm starting to get a lot of requests where they now love the look of the handbags and actually want us to produce physical bag. Um, <laughs> not quite the, not quite the reception we were hoping for. We were of course hoping for great. Let's what's the matter <laughs> yeah. mass wallet? How do we buy one? Um, but now, but, but at least, you know, they love the look of it, which is the art part that we, we are going for. And then secondly, we are going to partner up with paper.xyz and start to offer credit card payment versus just a MetaMask traditional wallet. So that should help the second part of the barrier where people have to figure out a wallet and the ETH transfer. Now they would be able to pay by credit card. And then thirdly, once they own a bag and start trading, I think things will just come native to them. They will just understand, oh, this is exactly the same as before at least even more convenient because a user is just right there. The profile is there. Here's how I trade and, you know, the escrow of payment wire transfer are no more. Now there is just this easy payment transfer between two people to buy a handbag. So I think people will start to notice it's not actually not as scary as they thought. All right, cool. Yeah. And when will be your next drop? Do you have a plan? Ooh, yeah, not, not not quite yet. We we have some big partnerships that are coming in. Um, so we really want to land those first. And then we are going to wait for the climate to change a little. Um, there's a bit of a bear market happening. So we just want to kind of ride the wave and, you know, get to, yeah, maybe end of summer or middle of some we're, we're we're watching i mean our drop is ready to go we're just waiting for the right time and the right partnership to announce before we kick off the project all right well please let us know absolutely yeah. <laughs> cool um yeah so that's kind of gonna wrap us up do you have anything to plug specifically obviously you've got your launch <laughs> coming but we just heard about that so anything else oh one more yeah um uh, actually, the owners of the NFT owners will eventually have their um, some of the IP rights on the handbags. Um, and we're looking into creating a physical line. Um, so we're hoping to launch the NFT drop and then each of the owner would actually be able to stick their design. From there, we will launch a physical handbag drop. And your design that you own could very well be on our store and be selling. And then you would actually get a royalty from the bags, um, but all in future development um, and proper announcements to come. Um, yeah. But those were probably the plug that we have yet to talk about. Okay. No, great. That's, that's perfect. I love the maybe tiny little bit of alpha leak going on there. <laughs> Behind perfect. the scene cooking up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, and then my last question, who should we have on Venley Expert Talks next? Yeah, I think it would be James from paper.xyz. You know, not only are we t working with him on the credit card offering, but he's building an amazing he's building an amazing platform that I think will really help NFT, you know, go mainstream, being able to buy it with a credit card. 
Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Great. Well, then, uh, thank you so much uh, for your time and telling us all about this, getting us excited for onboarding women into this yeah, space. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. So exciting. Yeah.